0: Welcome to Leveling Up, a Noobs Quest to Get Good. This is a gaming history and interview podcast where each week we take a new game and discuss its history.
1: As well as look at it from the perspective of someone who hasn't played a lot of games.
0: I'm Joe, your resident gaming historian.
1: And I'm Zelda. Or or maybe I'm Link. I'm just the princess. I'm Tina. And welcome to the show.
0: this week's episode of leveling up news quest to get good this week we're going to be talking about the first in my favorite series of all time the legend of zelda series we're going to be talking about zelda 1 for the nes yeah so hey tina how would you explain this game to someone else
1: i would say that this game is kind of what you think of in my opinion when you think of a video game it is a person on a quest to save a princess and you beat up the bad guys with the sword. Hell yeah. The, it's very quintessential video game. Or, like, stereotypical video game, in my opinion. Or older video game, I guess.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, Zelda is a top-down RPG, kind of.
1: I hate that label so much. It has no meaning.
0: It doesn't. Welcome to video game genres. But technically, if you ask people what genre is Zelda, it's an action RPG. I don't even think most people say action. I say action. Most people just say RPG.
1: We use words because they have meaning.
0: (laughs) The word doesn't mean what you think it means. But you know what? In this case, the word doesn't have a meaning. So here we are. It's technically an action RPG where you go through some dungeons, beat up some bosses, get cool shit, and then beat a large pigman to save Mm -hmm. the princess.
1: To save the princess.
0: Of course. And the kingdom of hyrule i guess but you know whatever but but the the princess princess is
1: the more important thing
0: so tina what are your general impressions about this video game that i very much enjoy
1: (laughs) you said i didn't have to like anything until the third game
0: (laughs) i know i know
1: but actually no i really i really enjoyed this game for a while i couldn't put my finger on why I liked it so much, and I didn't like it quite as much as some of the more modern games that we've played together, but I definitely liked it the most out of all of the older ones that we played. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't figure out why for a while. Then I realized it's because it's basically just an old Binding of Isaac, (laughs) and I'm obsessed with that game. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, for a a knockoff of a game I really enjoy, it was great.
0: Yes, because that's how that chain of knockoff worked.
1: Yes, because that's how time works.
0: Yeah, Binding of Isaac came first, and then Miyamoto just fucking stole that shit. <laughs> what a thief. What a thief. What an unoriginal thief. <laughs> um, So hey, Tina, there's a fun story here that I want to hear. Okay. Tell, tell me about finding the sword. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> Do I have to? Yes. So, when we started playing this game, Joe uh, set me up with the game, and he also sent me a walkthrough. And I was like, okay, I'm not gonna touch the walkthrough, like, unless I get stuck. I really want to try to experience it and play it all on my own. And the, the uh, title text scrolled through, whatever, and Prince of Darkness, whatever, who cares. Um, and it opens, and it's just you, and there's the little cave to the upper left. And I was like, oh, that's probably the first dungeon. Because Joe had given me some kind of background information on it. I knew there was like X number of dungeons that you had to beat. So I was like, oh, that's probably the first dungeon. I shouldn't go right in there. Because I felt unprepared. Like I wanted to, I was like, I shouldn't just dive into the dungeon. That seems bad. You know, (laughs) I should get prepared or something. I should at least learn the controls. Um, But that was not a dungeon. There was a cave with the sword in it. And I wandered around, wondering why couldn't I hit anything for quite some time. Before I was like, what What am I supposed to be doing here? And then I went back to the walkthrough and realized that I'm an idiot. And it's fine.
0: Yay. Yeah. I really like that story. <laughs> because you have just enough knowledge about video games at this point to be like, Oh, hey, maybe that's dangerous. I should go practice. <laughs> But not enough to be like, oh, hey, maybe the only, like, possibly important thing on this starting screen might be something I should go to.
1: I tried, I tried to outsmart the game, and the game outsmarted me.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Good, who made this game?
0: Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto.
1: Good job, Miyamoto. You got one, you got one over on me.
0: You got one.
1: <laughs> you got one. So. It was rough, though.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I can imagine walking around Hyrule with not a sword.
1: Just wondering why these things are trying to kill me. But yeah, I did finish the game.
0: I mean that. I mean that's a plus. That's something.
1: I eventually got the sword.
0: You got one sword, and that's all you needed.
1: Then it was just downhill from there. There was no stopping me.
0: So speaking of the swords, how did you feel about the combat in the game?
1: Um, I felt that. Honestly, for the most part, it was pretty easy. There mm-hmm. were a few things that kind of got a little tricky, but, I mean, overall, it was easy enough to not feel super challenging, but still entertaining enough. I mean, it wasn't um, menu-based combat, so it was good.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, it was real active combat. It was fun. It was engaging. Yeah. It, unless you were fighting with ropes because them bitches. I mean, that was awful. <laughs> Um, I
1: did kind of hate how much like you had to. I don't know. I was very torn about the all the different weapons because like it was cool because it gave variation. Sure. But it was also irritating like to stop so frequently and have to switch out because like you only had two slots.
0: Sure, understandable. I don't know, it was just like weird. That's somewhat improved on, but also at the same time somewhat made worse in later games because in most later games you have two slots for I mean, your. You only
1: had two slots in this one too.
0: Sorry, you have two extra slots. You you have your sword. And then oh, okay. two slots.
1: Okay.
0: But you also just have, like, more items. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other end of that kind of spectrum, how did you feel about the exploration in the game?
1: Um, so I don't know how much I can actually speak to this, because once I missed the sword, I felt that maybe I was going to miss a lot of stuff if I didn't rely on the walkthrough. hmm So I definitely used the walkthrough to get me from, like, dungeon to dungeon. Sure. But, I mean, once I was in the dungeon, it was just like... I obviously did all that on my own.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But for for the overworld, I don't know. It was... I, I honestly thought, like, if I didn't have the walkthrough, that would probably be the most challenging part of the game. Because everything looked really similar, and the quote-unquote map up in the corner was total bullshit.
0: Yeah, totally understandable. <laughs> yeah, that was not a map. That was a square with a single smaller square inside of it.
1: Exactly. And this wasn't like... This wasn't like Titan Souls where all of the areas were so incredibly distinct. Like like all of the colors are not muted but they're all not they're all like kinda of similar. Nothing is like super distinct. And it's not like the music changes from area to area. Like everything can totally just mush together. So exploring is kinda hard for the overworld.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's understandable. The color palette on the NES wasn't great to begin with, and while... I mean, yeah,
1: this is this is an old game, like...
0: Yeah, but, like, even then, while, you know, uh, it wasn't like, you know, a AAA modern day game where it's just black and slightly less black, it, it, it was still limited in its color palette. To a point where the most of the overworld did feel somewhat samey, and even then, when there was variation, it was hard to kind of find it. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, also, we're playing this in a bit of a different era than when the exploration would have, like, really worked for us. Because, you know, you, you hear the stories all the time of, oh, when I was a kid and I played Zelda, I made—I drew a map! I had a big sheet of graph paper, and I drew a map, and each block had the screen on it, and, oh. and that sounds great. When you're six.
1: I feel like that's something you probably did.
0: I mean, I didn't play this Zelda as a kid because I didn't have an NES, but I definitely would have.
1: Uh, Yeah. definitely would have. This something you would have done.
0: Yes. Um, But I feel like that's kind of, without the ability to kind of take, like, a full weekend and just play this game and immerse yourself in the game as it was, Mm -hmm. the exploration is kind of iffy. Yeah especially with the, oh, I just have to burn every bush on this screen and hope that one of them is actually a secret passage. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. cool if you have a whole day just to burn bushes. But I'm on a schedule here.
1: I'm on a schedule. I have two weeks to play this game. Exactly. I don't have time.
0: Yes. I think, I definitely think the exploration aspect of Zelda games is better in later games. They really improve Mm -hmm. on it so that it's actually viable to do the exploration, like in a reasonable amount of time, they improve on it so that it's actually obvious what is explorable.
1: You don't need a degree in cartography.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: That that kind of felt like what I needed. Exactly. To fully get the full experience. Yes.
0: How did you feel about the difficulty curve of the game?
1: I mean, once I once I actually started to play the game, I didn't just walk around. It wasn't it wasn't that bad. There was a pretty big standstill at the sixth dungeon with the dumbass whiz robes. Correct. They were in the sixth dungeon, right? Yep. The sixth? Yes. Yep. Nailed it. Other than that, I mean, nothing presented a huge challenge. Mm. It wasn't, none of this was very new, like. Sure. <laughs> especially having dumped, um, I think, yeah, I think last night I finally made it to a thousand hours of Isaac.
0: <laughs> yeah, alright. <laughs> Fair enough. Which is
1: super not accurate at all because i think i also left it on for like five hours last night tina i have a problem (laughs) but um like the everything felt kind of familiar Mm -hmm. like fighting the enemies so nothing was super difficult sure
0: i think even outside of personally even outside of knowing the enemies and knowing the patterns as the game went on they definitely got like, each dungeon felt harder than the last. I think six was kind of a a peak there. <laughs> uh, six but was an anomaly. Six, was, six may have been an anomaly. But the end dungeon really felt almost like a slog. It was de- having to deal with all of, e- like, every enemy in the game and having to deal with all those dark nuts and just everything was... It really felt like a final challenge.
1: But I think that's how it should feel. Definitely. No, like it, felt like, it felt like a nice curve.
0: Yes, definitely. Uh, so how did you feel about the dungeons versus the overworld? So whereas the overworld was very open and explorative and you go wherever, then the dungeons were very, you know, dungeons.
1: The dungeons were so much better. Yeah? Yes, they were so much better. They were, excuse me, they were confined. I think since there was so much less space, like the dun- each dungeon was smaller than the whole expanse of the overworld. I think it made it easier to navigate without drawing out a map.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, knowing that like m- most of the overworld had four exits, like on each side, so- each screen had four exits, but that's not the case for most of the dungeon, most of the rooms in the dungeons.
0: Sure.
1: So you could kind of get a much better sense of where, how everything was laid out. Also the, each dungeon felt a lot more distinct than each section.
0: Sure, totally fair. Totally fair. How did you feel about fighting Gliok like four times?
1: So over it, <laughs> like so over it. Like the first time it happened, I was like, "Oh, you know, this is kind of cool. Like putting what was a final boss now is kind of just a mini boss in the dungeon to show how be- how much better the player is getting and how much stronger like the character is getting." I kind of like that. Yeah. But then it happened again. And again, and I was done.
0: But he had more heads, though.
1: Okay, but I don't care.
0: It's a care. totally different fight. The next time he has three heads now.
1: I was, I was fine with him being a mini boss mm-hmm. after whatever dungeon he he was the main boss for. I was even sort of fine like the next time it happened. But once you actually fought him as a main boss again, like even just with more heads, I was like, this is stupid. Yep. That it really bothered me.
0: <laughs> yeah, they kind of just ran out of uh, ideas on that one. Maybe.
1: I think I might have put him as my least favorite boss because.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's an understandable reason.
1: Oh no, I didn't. But he was there was there was an addendum next to my least favorite boss where, like this also could be Gliak.
0: It's totally fair. It's totally fair
1: because of just that because it's dumb.
0: How did you feel about the bosses in general?
1: Um. I thought that... In, what do you mean, how did it feel? Like, they were just... They were just... They just kind of felt like a bigger, harder enemy, kind of until you got to Ganon. Sure. That they were just... Not that they blurred together, but it was just... It was just another thing in your way, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, know. I guess that's what I was looking for. Just like, you know, you know, bosses are supposed to be this big, cool thing at the end of a dungeon, and these kind of felt... Nah. Yeah. I mean, they were fine. Yeah. But...
1: They were fine. They it could have been better. <laughs>
0: but also, it might have been, like, you know, a technolog- technological limitation. Like, this I'm was, sure you. you know, early, very early. You know, one of the first games on the NES, they really did fairly well for, you know, what they had.
1: And you also only have two dimensions of movement. There's only so much you can do.
0: I mean, I suppose that's true. Uh,
1: I did like Ganon, though. Yeah. That did feel... And maybe it was just because it was, like, right from the start, you knew this was who you were going to d- at the end.
0: Hey, Tina, I'm curious. Did I design Ganon? Because he sure liked using invisibility.
1: He really did. That was that was a good roast on you. Yep. That was a very good roast was on you. a good
0: you. self-roast.
1: I'm proud of that self-roast.
0: Uh, so how did you feel about the final dungeon versus all the other dungeons? The final dungeon was very much larger and more intricate.
1: Yes. Whereas I could usually do, I could usually get through one, maybe one and a half dungeons in a sitting. This took me, I think, like two or three sittings to actually finally work my way all the way through it. It definitely was a final, it definitely was a final dungeon. Yeah. And it was awesome.
0: Yeah. I liked that you got a lot of items in
1: that final dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you weren't just sent in there with whatever you had. Mm-hmm. There was opportunity to kind of level up when you went in there.
0: Yeah. It was, it's almost like raiding Ganon's treasury. Going yeah. to kill him with his own shit.
1: Which, I mean, that's just, like, fucked up.
0: Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> and then, how did you feel can, about can, it?
1: Can we talk about Ganon real fast?
0: I mean, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say, how did you feel about that Ganon, though?
1: Oh. I mean, like... <laughs> and maybe this is part of the reason... I hesitate, or I dislike the fact that Zelda, it's called an RPG, some people call Zelda an RPG, because other than the scrolling text, there wasn't a ton of story. Sure. You just fought the thing. This was very unlike Mario, where you see the big bad guy at the end of each world, or the end of each dungeon, units again until the end. Yep. And you're like, I guess I gotta fight you now. Like, there was no buildup of animosity, or anything like that or oh all these mini bosses that you're fighting these are ganon's minions like there was nothing like that
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that felt kind of weird as like a having him be the big bad kind of thing mm-hmm. but also i did really appreciate how in the beginning text it just says prince ganon darkness it doesn't say prince of darkness and i was like he sounds like a basketball player <laughs> like ganon darkness insert last name
0: Dorf
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yep Yeah Yeah I mean I think that's another kind of issue is playing this as a modern game because we almost expect all the story to be in game mm-hmm. but the vast majority of the story of this game was actually in the instruction manual I don't like that I mean <laughs> no but you had to save space on NES carts couldn't put all that text in there
1: Why is there reading with my video game?
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, the instruction manual has a whole, like, two- or three-page thing about the backstory and what's happening in the world and why you have to go fight Ganon and where Link came from and why he stole Zelda and why the Triforce is broken. And, like, also, it has backstories on each of the bosses and why they're there and what they're doing and why they're working for Ganon and that kind of thing. It's all in there. It's just not in the game.
1: I'm pretty sure I had most of those questions were ri- actually I know. I had most of those questions written down on the sticky notes on my computer. Yep. That I've been taking notes about this. So good to know.
0: Yeah. It's all in there. It's just not <laughs> good to know in this the is game. is all
1: answered somewhere.
0: Yeah. I I kind of like it because it kind of harkens back to when I was a kid. My favorite my one of my favorite things about getting a new game is opening it in the car ride on the way home and reading the instruction manual that doesn't happen anymore because you know games are all like digital now mm-hmm. like, you know but i love going home and reading the introduction and seeing oh this game's about this cool animal with a robot on his back and they're going to fight evil guys ratchet and clink
1: it's <laughs> like what game are you referencing
0: um and i, I really liked it
1: my immediate thought went to banjo and kazooie and i was like Kazooie or Banjo wasn't a robot, was he? <laughs> I was worried I had really missed a lot.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I like that because, again, it's nice. You get to come home and you get to read, oh, I'm going to go on this cool adventure where I'm a cool adventure and I'm going to save the princess from this evil pig, literally and figuratively. <laughs> and I like that, but I also understand how from a more modern viewpoint that may not be great. So. <laughs>
1: What's the first game you played that wasn't like that? Oh. Like, when did the shift really happen?
0: It didn't happen all at once. Uh, I want to say it was sometime in the PS3's lifetime. They really started kind of shifting away from those. The PS2 and even early PS3 era was very heavy still on the, like, instruction manuals and game boxes. Mm -hmm. With story and characters and note pages in the back of the instruction manuals to
1: build your maps
0: <laughs> but like yeah sometime in the ps3 era when we started moving over to a lot more digital sales and it started being more you know less people started buying the boxes and less people started and also you know gaming was still evolving and gaming was still becoming more about all the story in the game
1: mm-hmm.
0: like that had been happening for a while because we you know had better in-game storytelling technology but like with all of that happening it, 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 you know if the game's digital you're not going to have an instruction manual so why make one for the physical purchase and at this point you buy a game it has a box there's nothing in there but the cart or the disc oh 100 and like I, I don't know i miss i miss instruction manual
1: okay
0: a little nostalgia a little nostalgia yeah Hi, everyone. it's is Joe. Uh, I'm just dropping in here, you know, kind of mid-roll thing that we're starting. Uh, just wanted to, you know, uh, let you guys know about some stuff. So we've been doing this podcast for a little bit now, um, and I've realized I've never really given you guys where way to contact us. So, uh, you know, if you want to hit us up, we have a Twitter. You can reach us on Twitter at Leveling N. That's leveling and the letter N. Uh, We also have an email, if you want to send us any email. Uh, Our email is levelinganoob at gmail.com. So, you know, uh, there might be some ads coming in after this, but uh, otherwise, enjoy the show. So, moving on to the next section, let's talk art style. How did you feel about that art style? We've talked a little about this with the sameness across the overworld, but in general, what did you feel about the art style?
1: You mean the sami- the sameness about the overworld and the muted colors that all look the same, coupled with the seven-minute soundtrack that just kept on repeating? Uh,
0: yeah, I'm talking about that.
1: <laughs> I get it. I get it was made for the NES. I get that it was a different time when there was less technology. I'm still gonna critique it, and it was boring.
0: <laughs> I mean... Yeah, that's fair. And that's
1: probably that that probably is like really unfair of me to critique it against to critique it against more modern games, but I don't know, if Mario looked better.
0: <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I think
1: Mario didn't look as boring.
0: No, I think that's fair. I think that's kind of generally what happens with Mario versus Zelda games when each new console iterations comes out. Because Mario is more cartoony than Zelda, and Zelda isn't realistic per se, but it's more realistic than Mario games. Mm -hmm. At least the main console ones are. The handheld ones have a little more freedom with their art style. Um, Unless you're Wind Waker, and then everybody hates your art style, and then we end up with Twilight Princess. Um,
1: Oh, yes. Ugh, Twilight Princess. (laughs) Do I sound like a real fan, Joe?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I'm trying to fit in.
0: Um, no, Mario is more cartoony, so it has more ability to be brighter and more colorful and more interesting. Whereas Zelda, with its slightly more realistic set to it, ends up looking, even though it may, like, raw graphically be the same, because Mario is more colorful, people generally think it looks better. If Mm -hmm. you compare, like, apples to apples. Like, Mario 64 versus Ocarina of Time, people think Mario 64 generally looks better. And I think it's just because colors.
1: I like the pretty colors.
0: Exactly. So we've talked about the soundtrack. (laughs) The seven minutes.
1: The seven minutes. You know, for only being seven minutes, I still like No More Than Banjos.
0: Damn!
1: It was still a better soundtrack than Banjo Kazooie.
0: Damn! Alright, I see how it is. That's fine. Just fucking disrespect Grant Kirkhope like that. I get it. Um no, I mean, yeah. No, like the Zelda tracks are fantastic in my opinion, even though they do repeat a lot. Mm-hmm. I really think they're great. Um, they are very much like the back you know, these tracks were Koji Kondo and Koji Kondo makes like all Zelda music. And these were the backbone of like every Zelda song ever going forward. Like, you hear phantoms of every Zelda song that will ever be made in this seven-minute soundtrack. And it's fantastic that Koji Kondo was able to make something so iconic with seven minutes of music.
1: And with, really, with so little to work with. Like, you see how, you see how few colors they had to work with. How little space they had for things like graphics. Like, he did not have a lot of space. Yeah. And he still managed to create... Like, I heard Zelda music before I played the game. Yeah. Obviously, it wasn't its original NES stuff. Like, I have heard orchestras play Zelda Zelda music. Yeah. And that's kind of crazy, because, like, that doesn't... Even though... I don't I don't know if I could hum the theme, whereas, like, I definitely could hum the Mario theme. Uh-huh. It is... I don't know, it's just interesting what people latch on to.
0: Yeah, I think Mario music might be more iconic, because Mario, I think, might be ever so slightly more popular than Zelda in the popular conscience as a whole. Mm-hmm. But, like, for me personally, I find the Zelda music more iconic. I know the Zelda music. I know Zelda's Lullaby. I know the main theme. I know all of the music. And it, 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 I just like Zelda music better.
1: You were also obsessed with this game, though. This you not specifically, Not specifically this one that we've just played. But
0: The series as a whole, yes. It is series. one of my favorite series of all time.
1: What should I be on the lookout for when we play the next one? Like, why, why do you like it so much? I'm not saying you're wrong, yet. but Not the next why? one.
0: Not the next one, though. Okay. <laughs> Zelda 2 is some wild shit. Okay. Zelda 2 is like, if they took Zelda and made it Castlevania... Okay, so I think I like Zelda so much because of a few things. It's partly nostalgia. I played a number of Zelda games as a kid, and I really enjoy them. It's partly that I just really like Nintendo as a whole. I think Nintendo makes very solid games. They don't really make duds. I mean, they do. They do. But for the most part, they're main series games. They generally tend to get them right. But then as for Zelda specifically, I just really like fantasy that's part of it. I really like the simplicity of Zelda storylines. It's I like big story games sometimes, but I prefer simple mechanical games. I don't need huge expansive storylines. I don't need The Last of Us. I don't need Mass Effect whatever. I my preferred game is a simple story with very good mechanical design. And I so think Why
1: did you like Uh, Then why did you like the lesbian photography game so much?
0: I just said I can play them. I said (laughs) I have a-
1: I I said I have a-
0: I said I have a preference. That does not mean I always like the preference. Fair enough. Does not mean I exclusively like the preference.
1: I'm sorry.
0: My preferred ice cream flavor is chocolate. That doesn't mean I sometimes get vanilla or mint chocolate chip, Tina. I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. I just feel like that is a notable exception.
0: Yeah, I think it is. I would agree. it is a notable exception. It is still an exception, though.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry, continue. I'm
0: sorry. That lost my train of thought now. <laughs> I like, you like
1: your... them because they're nostalgic and no, yeah, the... I like action-y something.
0: I like good mechanics in in the game, and I think Zelda Zelda's just fun. In its mechanics, it's not like Mario where it's simply fun. You have running and jumping and that's about it. Mm -hmm. Zelda is actually, I want to say more of a game, but that's kind of douchey to say. But like you get what I'm saying. There's more complexity. It's more complex of a game. There's puzzles. There's fighting. There's stuff you have to go through. Mario, go from the left side of the screen to the right side and kill everyone in your way. Zelda mm-hmm. has complexity to it, and I think that's what endears me to Zelda more than to Mario, necessarily.
1: Fair enough.
0: Yeah. I I, I don't know. It, it would take me, like, a longer time to, like, fully articulate my opinion on the g- series as a whole, but, like, that's, like, the basic kind of idea of why I like Zelda. You'll see that the most once we get to The Link to the Past. Okay. This is too old to really be representative of what I like. Zelda 2 is not a Zelda game in its purest context.
1: Why are we playing it?
0: Because we're playing every Zelda game in order, and that is my decision. Zelda 2 is a deviation from the series, but only in retrospect. When Zelda 2 came out, there was only one other Zelda game.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: So only in retrospect you realize that Zelda 2 is an outlier. Mm -hmm. Link to the Past, though, is one of the... Purest distillations of what makes Zelda games Zelda games.
1: What number is that like
0: three? Right, okay. It
1: I and mean, that's the first one
0: I have to. Yeah. It okay. it it both. It's the purest distillation of what a Zelda game is, both in terms of kind of, kind of full more fully realizing what Zelda One was trying to do, and also establishing f- further, setting in stone further the pattern and the stereotype, almost, that all future Zelda games will draw from. So yeah.
1: Good to know.
0: So that was a nice diversion during our art style section. (laughs) (laughs) Now let's move on to a section I like to call highs and lows, where we talk about our favorite and least favorite parts about different bits of the game. Let's start off with favorite and least favorite dungeons.
1: Dungeon. Okay. Obviously, least favorite dungeon, six. Hands down.
0: Same. Agreed. Correct. (laughs) <laughs> correct. the correct good. opinion
1: good i was so done with the whiz robes yep and i hated fighting like i i i was pretty sure the what was the hydra's name gleok, gleok. yeah i think he was also the boss it's very for, possible. like one of his more iterations yep.
0: like i think that either... one was three heads
1: yeah exactly and i was like no no it's not cute no. It's not a cute look. I was over Dungeon Three or Dungeon Six. That's fair. I was done with it. Favorite dungeon, though, hands down, last one. Same. It was tough. I didn't care. It felt great.
0: Yeah, it felt very satisfying. It was a test of again. It was it was a test of everything that you've learned so far in the game. <laughs> you had to fight like every enemy you fought so far, even the fucking wizards. But you learned and you overcame, and it was a great test of everything so far that you learned in the game.
1: And honestly and maybe this is kind of a detriment to the game, but 6 sticks out in my head as such a waypoint because before and after that, like the they the dungeons kind of blur together. Like I don't know how much I could tell you really the difference between 4 and 5 yeah or like 1 and 2.
0: The only other dungeon than 6 and 9 that stuck out to me was the one where they first introduced dark nuts cuz dark nuts were not my least favorite uh enemy. That's whiz ropes.
1: <laughs> That's whiz
0: ropes. But they were one of the most difficult ones for me. I know the patterns and I know how they work, but the somewhat stilted mm-hmm. controls made it more difficult than possibly necessary to for me personally to fight them.
1: Fair enough. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I mean, we agree. Level 9 is best. Level 6 is a piece of garbage. A piece mm-hmm. of hot, flaming trash. Yes, 100%. Especially since not only were there whiz ropes, they were also like-likes. So you had your magic shield and you're like, oh, fuck you, whiz ropes. I got my magic shield. And then a like like eats your goddamn shit. Because, you know what? Fuck level six.
1: Worst dungeon. dungeon Yes. Next.
0: Uh, item.
1: Me's favorite item, hands down, the flute or maybe the whistle or maybe the recorder. Flute. Flute.
0: That was close. Mine was the raft. Because it was somehow less useless and more useless than the flute.
1: You're right, the wrath was pretty darn useless too.
0: It got you to dungeon like five, I think, and that's the only thing it was useful for.
1: See, I hated the whistle because you only really used it to for that one guy. Yep. For the beholder. Yep. That's kind of it. Yeah. I was like...
0: Well, something you apparently didn't figure out. The whistle can actually teleport you to dungeons that you have, uh, beat the boss on.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I only use it for the eyeball.
0: Yeah, no, totally fair. But if you use the whistle like outside of a dungeon, you can teleport to dungeons.
1: Ooh, I like that. Yeah, but I still think I still think the whistle is my least favorite even craft, because I really didn't like how much you had to switch things in and out. Because I felt like it really slowed the fluidity of combat down. It's fair. And having to switch that out like just for the one enemy was kind of weird. I really didn't like it. It's fair. My favorite one, though, was the blue fire, or blue candle.
0: Blue candle's definitely up there. Mine was the magical rod, just because I used it so much.
1: Fair enough. (laughs) I felt like I used blue candles so much.
0: No, that's totally fair. I would hit myself too much with the candle. So I used the magical rod more, especially once you hit, once you got the book of magic or whatever that upgraded. Mm -hmm. So it made a fire. And so the blue candle was literally useless to me at this point.
1: It was literally
0: useless. Just trash. (laughs) But no, the blue candle was also very good because it did do damage, but it was harder, especially before you got it upgraded to Mm -hmm. unlimited candle uses per room. I just preferred the magical rod.
1: I also liked that, that, along with the bomb, you had to. There were uses for it outside of combat.
0: Yeah, totally. I liked it too. Totally.
1: Yeah.
0: What about bosses?
1: Uh, For bosses, I hated. Hold on, I wrote their names down. I mean, obviously, Gliok was a very, cl- very second, close. At least, very close. Because just all, just all of my hatred. But the one I was. I don't know necessarily I hated the most, but what I was most disappointed in was like Gohan was like that weird almost like spider with a big eye.
0: Yep, yep.
1: And it was like literally one hit and you just have to hit his big eye. And
0: uh... <laughs> what? Oh no, it's a Zelda game and I got a bow in this dungeon. I wonder what his weak point in. Is. is it his giant eyeball?
1: Exactly. And like maybe it's cause even though I haven't played a lot of video games, like I am engrossed enough in nerd culture to know some of the more obvious tropes. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why I found it so ridiculous and stupid.
0: It's fair. Yeah, That's Goma was that Goma. boss. Goma.
1: Oh. I wrote Gohan.
0: <laughs> so it's, it's Gohan, obviously.
1: Go, yes. Gohan. Go- I, just, I just thought it was almost more so than reusing a boss that felt stupid and lazy, but I guess in the context of when this was made, it probably wasn't.
0: <laughs> In the time, it was incredibly innovative. But they also do that through the entire rest of the Zelda series. Not to the same extent. There are <laughs> very few, if any, further bosses that are one-hit kills. But weak points with specific weapons are an incredibly well-worn Zelda trope.
1: And I don't think I'm quite as opposed to that. I think I was, what really killed me was it was one hit, and where you were supposed to hit it was super obvious.
0: Yeah, no, that's totally you know? fair.
1: This wasn't, this wasn't like Titan Souls where you had, okay, it's one hit, where do I have to hit it though? Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. No, that's totally fair. My personally favorite was Manhandla, but that's just because I had, Manhandla was the one with the four heads and you had to bomb it. Well, I don't know, you didn't have to bomb it, but that's like the optimal strategy, but I have a lot of trouble with that optimal strategy.
1: (laughs) Screw optimal.
0: So I just, uh, you know, had a lot of trouble fighting Manhandla, so that bus so
1: fuck him. my favorite though was dig Dogger. dig dodger
0: dig dogger yeah dig dogger the, the flute one
1: yeah the flute one yeah the flute
0: one the flute
1: guy because the first time i saw it i was like i like it. i like the idea of you have to weaken the enemy before you kill it yeah i liked it it was cool yeah and then as he became reoccurring enemies, like, in later dungeons, I was like, okay, like, it's not as cute to get the one weapon out for the, to defeat this one room anymore. It's not cute anymore.
0: It's fair, it's fair.
1: But the first time it happened, I was here for it.
0: Hell yeah. Um, I think my favorite, um, slightly stereotypical, but Ganon was a good fight. I mean, yes. Uh, next, what about enemies? I mean, I, we know our least favorite.
1: Yeah, the least favorite is by far the wizard.
0: <laughs> They're atrocious, and I hate them.
1: They're super awful.
0: The worst part about the Wizrobes is you can fairly easily counter them if you have a Magical Shield. But the Magical Shield costs hundred like 160 rupees.
1: I don't have time for that.
0: And it so easily gets eaten by the fucking like-likes that it's like, well, there go 160 rupees in four seconds. Let's go yeah, grind enough. rupees for four hours again so I can get another Magical Shield. It's just not worth the effort.
1: It's really not. And Wizrobes suck. However... Zola is a very close second.
0: Do you mean the Zora?
1: Zora? I thought it was Zola.
0: The fish people? Yeah. No, they're Zoras. Z-O-R-A.
1: You know, I specifically looked at the walkthrough to try to get all these names right.
0: Let me double check, because it's very possible that in this game specifically they may have been called Zolas? But they are the like descendants of the Zora people, which are a very big staple throughout the rest of the Zelda series. Okay. They are the fish people, you know. And yeah, Zoras are like all the way at the end, aren't they? I mean, this is IGN, so take it with a grain of salt. But IGN it says they are River Zoras.
1: Oh, I probably just read it wrong. It's not a big deal. It's
0: possible. I don't know. Yeah, no, like the Zoras are also like kind of obnoxious But you can kill them with a magical rod
1: You and your stupid magic rod
0: It's a very good rod
1: Stop playing with your rod, Joseph Never <laughs> Um, uh, favorite enemy And can't tell me I'm wrong It was those weird freaking glowing hands They were so weird And so creepy and so here for it You mean the wall masters? Maybe
0: Did they come out of a wall and try to grab you?
1: They were just weird, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they were great. Wallmasters. They were so
0: creepy. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm okay, I'm a fan of Wallmasters. They come back, they're fine. Uh, Mine were Stalfos, though, because I'm obsessed with skeletons.
1: Oh, they were they just the skeletons? Yeah, the
0: skeletons with swords.
1: Oh, okay, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> They
0: were just skeletons, and they had swords.
1: I was so confused by this game's naming system of enemies.
0: Oh, you mean, like, Keese?
1: Okay, sometimes it was keys. And you're like, what? Like, it it didn't make any sense. Or sometimes it was just what it was. Like, whiz ropes and, um, ropes.
0: Ropes? Ropes? Were they one of them? Yeah, ropes. The snakes were called ropes.
1: Exactly. And then sometimes it just gave them names, like, centaur, which was named Lionel.
0: Lionels. They don't show up again in the Zelda franchise until Breath of the Wild. And in that game, they are the most terrifying enemy you will face. (laughs) Lionels are fierce me. as fuck.
1: Can't tell me if you're sarcastic or
0: not. No, I'm dead serious. They are legitimately the most terrifying shit in that game. More they, I hit endgame. I was, like, I beat Ganon. I beat everything. I was still scared to fight Lionels. <laughs> Lionels will fuck your shit up, fam.
1: But yeah, sometimes they're just named human names.
0: Yeah. Um... Yeah, so you like know, their and their
1: naming convention was buck wild.
0: And then there's the naming convention where it's like, you know, go kill that so it drops a key. And you're like, stop it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Stop Welcome it. to Zelda. They have some kind of dumb names sometimes.
1: I don't know. It was just, I thought that was very interesting how there seemed to be like three different types. Mhm.
0: Mhm. Yeah. The Wallmasters like were the... good though. I can appreciate I can improve that one. <laughs> uh, so any closing thoughts on this game, Tina?
1: I'm glad we played it. Yeah. I'm glad we played it. This was, I think, probably as much enjoyment as I'm going to get out of an old game. And I'm okay
0: with it. It's fair. I really think... I don't know that is necessarily true. I think that you're going to enjoy SNES games. We've played a lot of NES games. I don't think we've yet played a single SNES game. The SNES has significantly better graphics okay. than... Like, an SNES game looks like a current-day, like... Retro eight bit game, even though it's not eight bit, it's sixteen bit. It looks like a re- It looks like a co- modern day retro art style, and so it's not obnoxious like any the NES. And also because of the increased processing power, you can get much more game out of it. I think you're going to like the SNES games more than either the NES or the N64.
1: So it'll look kind of
0: like Crypt of the Necrodancer kind of style. Sure, Crypt of the Necrodancer. Uh so many other games. Chasm. Uh, I was just trying to ew, think yeah. of
1: games that like I knew so I could, like...
0: Like, not crypt and Necro games right now, necessarily. I mean, you, you'll see. You'll see. Okay. So, Tina, with uh, all that discussed, what was, is your final rating out of 10 for Zelda?
1: My final rating, I think... I think it's gonna be five and a half. Okay.
0: That's... I was closer this time than last time. This time, <laughs> I thought you would have a 6.5. Uh so that's good.
1: You're getting better.
0: Yeah, I'm getting better. I'm getting there. Um so we'll see Also I feel
1: like this is very this is a good chart for the Zelda franchise as a whole.
0: Yeah. I really I'm glad you it enjoyed like this it. is
1: the worst. Yeah. Eh,
0: the next one might be the worst. <laughs> it re. it really depends. It's Okay. It's it's not mmm. A lot of people have a lot of strong opinions about a lot of Zelda games, (laughs) and I don't think that this is the worst by almost anyone's standards. It might be the oldest, but it's not the explicit worst. Usually when people are talking about the worst, they're usually talking about either Twilight Princess or Skyward Sword. Maybe sometimes um, Wind Waker, just because a lot of people didn't like the art style. But if we're talking purely mechanical, usually people say Skyward Sword is the worst.
1: Good to know that I have something to look forward to because obviously, not that I didn't enjoy this game, but I am excited to have a bigger reaction. Yeah, <laughs> either in the positive or the negative direction.
0: Yes, all right. Uh, next week, we're going to be playing Tina. What are we playing?
1: We're gonna play Shantae, and I'm so excited!
0: Yeah, it's gonna be. Is fun. Gonna
1: be we're just gonna be little genies and it's gonna be so cute and i can't wait
0: yes it's gonna be very good uh i'm gonna predict that tina is gonna give shantae a five out of ten because we're playing the original shantae on the game boy and tina's kind of established a pattern on older gen games especially you know this kind of stuff especially with older game boy stuff i can see her having some issues so we're gonna we'll be back in two weeks everyone with shantae bye bye
1: The music used in this podcast was BitQuest by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com, used under a Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.